This episode of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast has been brought to you by Podcorn.com. We've used it to connect with other female-led podcasts, some of which you may have heard advertised on our show. We primarily use Podcorn to find our advertisers. It's a great matchmaking service between advertisers and podcast creators. And with Podcorn, there isn't a middleman. And this means that we've been able to work alongside other brands and seek out opportunities that best fit with us. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. If you are looking for a platform that will give you full creative control, as well as give you access to a marketplace that can connect you with other like-minded podcasters and brands, then sign up to Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities. Explore sponsorship opportunities and start monetizing your podcast by signing up at podcorn.com forward slash podcasters. That's podcorn.com forward slash podcasters. Check the link in the show notes. Hey, queens, are you ready to level up? Then join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy, where you can find weekly bonus content and FDS commentary on all the latest pop culture, relationship, and dating news. If you just want to listen to the extra bonus content, we have the Lurker Mode tier on our Patreon. If you want merchandise, access to the private FDS Patreon Discord, which also includes a monthly book club with FDS and feminist-themed books, as well as FDS merchandise, t-shirts, mugs, and the opportunity to discuss topics with the FDS Podcast Queens live as well as submit stories for our Rose Disco Queen and Gnosis discussions on the podcast itself. So if you'd like access to all this and more, visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Rope. I'm Lilith. And today it's just us. Savannah's out right now having surgery. So we're just letting people know because we don't want anybody to think we were talking over her the entire episode. Yeah. We're just letting you know she's not actually here. (laughs) (laughs) I just want you to know that Savannah is unfortunately not with us this week. Yeah, she's having surgery. I promise you she's not like secretly in this episode and us talking over the entire time. I promise. Which I wanted to let people know about that because a few episodes back, we had some comments on the subreddit about people being like, they won't shut up. They're always talking over Savannah. So that's true. First of all, Savannah's an introvert. Okay. She's talked about this before. This is just our dynamic because me and Ro, we're extroverts. We're just like that. And Savannah, you know what? We cut these moments out where like Savannah is about to say something and then me and Ro are like, shut the fuck up. Savannah, say something. Like, okay, no, that's not what happens. No. <laughs> Savannah only talks when she has something like really, really important to say. And so we're like, but the other problem is, is actually it's a tech issue. So yeah, I told people about this in the discord that for whatever reason, when she recording we hear her like two three seconds after she talks i can hear lilith in real time but every once in a while or at least maybe actually sometimes every other time we record savannah's upload stream is actually slower than ours so sometimes it's just that we actually can't hear her talking until we've already started talking so then we start talking because we think there's a pause but actually she's talking we just can't hear it yet so some of that is just something we try to be mindful of because we know she's on a delay but sometimes we actually forget so just fyi y'all but either way she's not here so <laughs> <laughs> but also like me and you like extroverts we have a tendency to just like talk for the sake of talking and just fill the air even if we have no point and just like try to like <laughs> eventually we'll we'll get there like sometimes i'll have an idea in my head that's not fully formulated and i'll just start talking and hopefully get there by the end of the sentence whereas savannah 
only speaks when she has a fully formed, properly articulated thought. Because that's just how introverts be. And that's okay. And we love her for it. So, yeah. So we'll see her in a few weeks. So everyone collecting our well wishes. But she's okay. Uh, She's fine, but she's just having some surgery. So, all right. So housekeeping stuff. Okay, few announcements I want to make. Number one, I'm obsessed with this new TV show and every one of you should watch it. It's on Netflix. It's only six episodes. It's a mini series. It's called Anatomy of a Scandal. It's got Michelle Dockery, Sienna Miller, Robert Friend or whatever. Anyways, it's got great acting. It's basically sort of like a Me Too sort of themed kind of show. It's a thriller. I was just on the edge of my seat, biting my nails the whole time. Like at the end of every episode, I was like, next episode, because it leaves you on a cliffhanger. I binged the entire thing in one sitting and I loved it. And then after I finished it, I was like, this was amazing. I wonder what other people on the internet are saying about it. And to my surprise, almost every single mainstream media article about it was trashing it. And like on Reddit being like, oh, this is unrealistic. And it felt like they were looking for like minor errors, like, oh, there's this plot hole, or I didn't think this was realistic, or I didn't think the rape victim was very likable, or I thought the lawyer was a workaholic, like boring, you know, smart girl kind of thing. You know, like there's so much backlash against it over really minor things that we're totally ignoring what I liked about the show. And so we're going to do an analysis about this show in a few weeks when Savannah's back, because it's set in the UK, and I want Savannah to be there for it. And the episode title is going to be something like In Defense of Anatomy of a Scandal, because I love the show, everyone hates it, and I'm going to defend why I love this show. And I want everyone else to listen to it before we do this analysis. So I gave you your homework. <laughs> yeah, free advertising for Netflix, who apparently needs it. So I guess, yeah, but because <laughs> their Q1 numbers came out and uh, we'll still be here watching it because we think there's a lot of analysis to be had. If Netflix wants to sponsor us in the future and get their numbers up, we're here. <laughs> yeah, like what I hate about the media critique is that they all were focusing on like really minor things to me and completely ignoring what I liked about it, which was that I like how, first of all, it shows it really accurately portrays how defending your rapist husband will make you look like a clown. And two, how, you know, seemingly nice guys or guys who are really popular or famous or whatever can be fucking rapists, okay? And I feel like a lot of people are just uncomfortable with that message, but we'll do a a more detailed analysis in future weeks. What's the other housekeeping thing? Newsletter! Oh yeah, sign up for our newsletter. You know, the subreddit is private now. It's going to be private for, I don't know, for future... An undisclosed amount of time. For like a while. Yeah. Probably forever, but I don't know. We're not like... uh, We'll see. We're not. We quit. We told you guys already. We're all quitting. It's going to be closed indefinitely. So, you know, if you're sad about that and you miss FDS content, there's the podcast, but also we have a newsletter. So if you sign up for our website, it automatically signs you up for the newsletter. Yeah, the femaledatingstrategy.com. If you go on the website, there's a light box and also a section at the bottom of the page where you can sign up for the newsletter or you can log in, create an account if you're already on there talking you know, asking dating questions, etc. So you can be signed up for the newsletter. Yeah. And so it'll be carefully curated content. So hopefully it'll be like better content than what the algorithm tells you to look at on Reddit. You know, we had this problem with the subreddit where actual good strategy posts kept getting ignored or weren't getting as many upvotes. And we're always at the bottom of the queue. Whereas, you know, the meme posts are like, TikToks and low effort content, we're always getting the most upvotes and we're always at the top of the page. So we're hoping that the newsletter will be able to curate actual like good content that people will like. And not just about dating, be able to curate stuff across about politics and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Across the spectrum, be able to curate ideas and content and important news from across the internet. 
that we think will be really relevant to women's lives and also from like the general FDS humor bent. So condensed stories, relevant stories, hilarious shit, us dragging people. <laughs> like FDS takes on like mainstream media or, you know, other women's media. Things you should know. Yeah. And also things to make your life better. So yeah. Dragging stupid Cosmo shit. Like, yeah, you'll see. Or stuff we like, just like products. Yeah. Things that we think will make your life better, etc. So it's kind of like combining female level up strategy with female dating strategy. And female political strategy. Yeah, political strategy. So it's going to be a lot of little things like that. So we hope you guys like it. Please sign up and support us and let us know what you think. Also, there's some merchandise on the website. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we now have merchandise. We do. We now have merchandise on the website. There's also a rewards system. If you go to the website and you click on the rewards in the bottom left-hand corner, you can get points for liking us on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram. And then you can redeem those points for a discount on FDS merchandise. So check that out on the femaledatingstrategy.com. I want to give a shout out to Ro actually for designing. My favorite one is the roast a scrote apron. <laughs> and when I saw that, I was crying laughing because it's like a picture of like a sausage being skewered and like fire, like roasted over a flame with like roast a scrote and it's an apron. So I totally want to get one. I'm going to wear it every time I cook and just feel like immense pride because <laughs> I love that. And I got that idea from our Patreon on discord subscribers so <laughs> i designed it but they gave me the idea <laughs> okay okay yeah true true so credit to bro for designing it but also credit to our patreon discord subscribers for giving us that idea and in fact we get a lot of ideas from our patreon discord subscribers so if you want to submit ideas for merch or for episodes or anything like that you can sign up for our patreon join the queen shit or level up tier and talk to us come hang out with us the water's warm should we preview the war room? I almost want to. Oh yeah, war room. Okay, so we're launching a new thing. Yeah, and we're actually having a new feature for our Patreon subscribers for our queen shit tier. It's $24.99 a month. You can join a new feature called FDS War Room. Now, this is something that we've been doing sort of informally with our book club. You know, we have a book club where we talk about, you know, FDS or feminist themed books that I've been leading these past few weeks. And what always happens when we have book club is that, you know, someone brings up like a, a problem that they're having in their life. And then we all sort of like strategize together to help solve it. And so we've called this FDS War Room, where we want to make this an official thing, like, right, instead of having like a book club be like, you know, a pretense, it's like a pretend book club where we actually talk about our personal problems. We're like, okay, let's cut out the middleman, just talk about our personal problems. <laughs> Yeah. So the concept is that we're going to do like a group strategy session. So if, if you're having any type of dating issue or even life issue, professional issue, the war room is designed for you to talk about that question with us, as well as like all of the rest of Discord subscribers who are at that tier who want to talk about it. And we can strategize how to fix your life. Yeah. Yeah. We were doing it informally, but I think having this formal session where we can like take questions and then directly interact with people would be really good. So we're going to put that on the queen shit tier did we want to do once a month, twice a month? We're doing it twice a month and I will be there for sure. And then we'll swap out Ro and Savannah because I live for War Room. It's literally like my <laughs> favorite thing in the entire planet. I will never miss an episode or I will never miss a session of War Room. I love strategizing with people to help them solve their problems. It's like gives me life. So we'll do the War Room twice a month and we'll announce it beforehand. and It'll be a rotating cast of characters. So I think Lilith is going to spearhead this and then Savannah and I will drop in periodically. Yeah. And so if you want to sign up for the Patreon, once again, patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. 
Okay, so now that we have all of the housekeeping stuff out of the way, we thought we would do some old school FDS. Yeah, we're going to delve into the FDS vault, the old school handbook posts, and we wanted to talk about why women having high standards is really important. So this one is titled, Know What Your Standards Are and Stick to Them, Don't Settle for Less. So we thought we would read this because a lot of the old handbook posts have either been deleted or moved or... Or now that we're private, you can't see them. So sorry. Now that we're private, you can't see them. So we thought we would talk about some of them on here as well. Also, this is a post from one of our OG mods, yeah. uh, Average to Hodge. She was one of the first mods. Her and Jammies were in the trenches developing the FDS subreddit in like 2019 when men were attacking them like 24-7, right? So I wanted to give credit where credit is due. This was another post that I read in early in my FDS days and it really clicked with me. And so I just wanted to show some appreciation to our FDS elders. <laughs> Absolutely. So know what your standards are and stick to them. Don't settle for less. Yeah. So know what your standards are and stick to them. Don't settle for less. One way to make your dating experience more seamless is to determine what your standards are and stick to them. How do you want to be treated by your future boyfriend? What non-negotiable qualities should he have? And what are your deal breakers? Examples of this could be, what kind of first dates do you want? Do you prefer a drink date or do you want a man to take you out to a nice restaurant? What caliber of restaurant do you want them to take you to? And this is really important to establish because I think so often as women, we take our cues from society about what we should expect or want from a partner. And one of the very first things that most women learn is to be a cool girl, right? Is to never expect too much and that anything you want is high maintenance and too much. So I think what I love about this post is like by going through the visualization process of like actually how you want to feel and what in your head a first date should look like, you can start to create standards and articulate the things that you want to potential suitors. Yeah, I feel like in dating too often women disregard their own wants or they don't even seem to think or be aware of the things that they actually want in a relationship. Instead of having the mentality of like, this is what I want and how I'm going to get it, they think oh, this is how I'm going to prove to a man that I'm worthy of being treated well. You know, the woman is feeling like she has to jump through hoops to please him and prove that, you know, she's worthy of being committed to and so on, rather than thinking about like the stuff that actually she wants. So the next point, do you want them to provide for you, pay for dinners, movie tickets, Uber rides? What kind of restaurants do you want to be taken to? How long would you keep seeing a man who hasn't asked you for exclusivity yet? author of this post writes, mine is two months at most. After that, they're cut off. Are you okay with a man who only wants to see you once a week? Or do you require a man wanting to see you more than that for you to know that he's serious? How long would you wait for him to introduce you to his friends? And when are you going to have sex with him? I think all of these questions are really, really good to work out. I think FDS has in a lot of ways, given people the tools to try to figure out like what's actually comfortable for them. We have some like hardline rules, right? But we also have softer rules about how often do you see a guy, et cetera. And generally we say like at the beginning, less is a little bit more because, you know, some guys who are trying to love bomb you or like fast track sex will just try to keep seeing you a lot to create a false sense of intimacy that's not sustainable before you figure out they're a piece of shit. So we generally advise, I think early on to take things a little bit slower than most men would try to because most men are trying to 
get you to have sex with them. Fast track everything. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think answering all of these questions for yourself early on would really help you. Yeah. And another thing I wanted to point out is that like with FDS, you know, I feel like we have such a bad, like an inaccurate reputation that like, oh, FDS, they're just gold diggers. They just want men who are rich and like pay for restaurants and that kind of thing. Like there are women out there who would say like, well, I don't want that. Like my standards are not that high. And I don't like that FDS makes me feel like I have to have these super high standards and stuff. What we want is we want women to think more critically about what they actually want and then come up with ways to get that. We're not saying like, oh, there's only one type of man that's like the correct man, you know? Like, of course, we encourage women to have high standards. These are questions that we're asking that you should be like, what do I want? Like, ask yourself, what do you want kind of thing? Yes. I think it's explained best in the graphic that comes next, which is boundaries versus standards. Yeah. Boundaries are designed to keep your self-love intact and prevent you from being manipulated, used, and violated. So things like no last-minute dates, no calls after 11 p.m., no Netflix and chill dates, no sex before commitment, I will not tolerate verbal abuse, I will not date anyone still in a relationship with someone else, I will not play the role of mother in my relationships, I will not date someone who disrespects me in any way, I will not chase anyone for love, affection, or attention, and I will not pursue anyone who's emotionally unavailable. Versus standards... So boundaries are designed to keep your self-love intact and prevent you from being manipulated, used, or violated. So these are restrictions you put on yourself to make sure that you're not putting yourself in a position to be taken advantage of. Yeah. And also keep in mind, like, find men often mistake boundaries and they confuse boundaries with demands. Like if a a woman says like no last minute dates or no calls after 11 PM, he's like, oh, so you're just demanding that I do this and this and this for you kind of thing. It's like, no, that's not what we're saying. We're saying this is like boundary that I'm putting on myself. And if you don't meet that, then I'm just going to reject you kind of thing, right? Like we're not forcing you to do anything. We're just rejecting you if you don't do those things. Exactly. So for the standards portion, standards are the qualities that must be present before you agree to entertain someone romantically. So must have the basics, job, own place, and able to support themselves. Must be in a career they enjoy, no coffee, drive-by dates, must demonstrate integrity, no criminal record or drug use, emotionally, physically, and financially healthy, introspective, and understands how to manage conflict, willing to work towards being the best version of themselves, open to becoming conscious of and working on their own issues, shadow work. And everybody is, male and female included, is in some stage of development of these qualities, right? But I think for every woman, it's very, very important to have your boundaries so that when you go out to look at types of standards you set for men, that you're not setting your own progress in your life, in your emotional journey, in your spiritual journey, in your physical level up back because you're messing with guys who, first of all, violate your boundaries or who are not up to the standards of where you are in your life. Yeah. You know, with standards, it's important to have, I'm going to get in later about why I think, you know, having high standards is beneficial, not just to the woman, but also to the man and also society and like children in general. You know, people act like we're crazy or unreasonable because we want a man to have a job or have integrity or not have a criminal record. And it's like, when women are selecting a mate, we're not just looking for a guy to have a fun time with. I want to vet a man and have high standards for a man so that I can have the best possible father for my kids. And that's actually just good decision-making skills, right? You know, people make fun of women all the time for choosing the wrong man. You know, if her relationship turns out to be shit, oh, you chose a guy who didn't have a car, you chose a guy who didn't have a job, you chose a guy who has a criminal record. But when women set these standards, people complain, right? So they're going to complain about what you do no matter what. So you may as well just do the most beneficial thing for yourself. And let the haters hate. 
Yeah. So the next paragraph, really think about the kind of dating experience that you want. Your answer shouldn't be colored by your previous bad experiences or what the world tells you you to want. Just think about how you want your future boyfriend to treat you in an ideal world. A lot of women fall into the trap of men try to force you into this trap that you're not deserving of certain types of treatment because you have X, Y, and Z. But if you listen to men, honestly, they think you deserve nothing, right? Yeah. And anytime you make a concession on that, you're letting them dictate to you the parameters in which... You're letting them win. You're letting them win. And you're letting them dictate to you the parameters in which you can live your life or things you can have. And so like, we kind of joke, but we're like, no, all, all women have to hold the line on this, no matter where you are. Like never let men tell you what you deserve. You have the right to set the standards and boundaries in your own life and expect those things. And the sad truth and the reason why they don't want you to realize this is like when you start to own your power, a lot of them will actually acquiesce because ultimately they know they need us more than we need them. Yeah. That's just the reality. <laughs> so yeah, men will try to get like you to lower your standards. It doesn't mean you'll get every individual man. You know what I mean? Like some women are like, well, this guy didn't respect my standards. So that means that I'm not worth that. I'm like, it doesn't mean you'll get every single guy. But like in general, as women start to push back on the types of treatment they expect, men have to acquiesce. So every time you have that little needling thing in your mind, it's like, oh, I don't deserve this. And I shouldn't have this. Like you have to start from the expectation that you do deserve this. And you should have this. Yeah, honestly, women need to have more audacity. Like men have way too much audacity. We need to decrease men's audacity, increase women's audacity. That's how we're going to achieve equality. <laughs> so remember, we just did a roast discord about a guy who was homeless, lived outside a library, was on food stamps and decided to come up to a random woman and still thought he could have multiple wives and tell her to be a sister wife and that he would pay for her lunch with his food stamps from 7-Eleven. So that is the audacity that men are working with. You got to understand that. Meanwhile, women will be like, mm, I don't know if I'm like pretty enough to have a man pay for my dates kind of thing, right? Like, here's the other thing. Men often try to be like, oh, you're only mid or you're only a six or something like that and try to make women feel like they're unattractive. Like, like only hot girls deserve to be treated well and be pampered and so on. But actually, that's not true because they'll say the same thing about really, really beautiful women too, right? Exactly. Like, they'll, <laughs> they'll tell hot women like, oh, your nose is slightly too big or your hair is too blonde or whatever, right? And they'll come up with any reason they think to make a woman devalue her. This is actually a strategy that men use specifically against attractive women to get the woman to devalue herself so that she is sexually available to him, right? So don't listen to men saying like, oh, you're not attractive enough. Or if you don't have all of these things yourselves and you're not entitled to demand them from a man, who cares? Demand demand away, ladies. <laughs> demand it anyway. Who gives a shit? If that's what you want, that's what you want. Like it's the same old adage applies when it comes to just about anything in life. Like have the courage to stand up against your detractors. You know, shoot for the stars and you'll land in the clouds, right? What's the other thing? With men especially, a lot of times women who are very beautiful and valuable, like men neg them on purpose. I think that's what Lilith is trying to say. So yeah. a lot of times if you're listening to the feedback that you're getting from men to determine your value, you're doing it wrong because it's going to be distorted based on whatever their personal... You're doing what they want. You're doing what they want, but also it's going to be distorted based on whatever their personal agendas are, right? So like if you're getting negged a lot, you might think, oh, I'm not that pretty. We've all seen this. We all have had friends or seen women who are ridiculously gorgeous and their self-esteem is in the gutter, right? Yeah. Like, and they just get treated like trash. And you have other women who are maybe are not as 
conventionally attractive and they don't have these problems, man. Like it's not a coincidence. It's just about setting your own personal integrity and believing in that and filtering out the people in your life as much as you can who would detract from that. And there's no more important place to do that than in your relationship. And then maybe arguably your job as well. But you have so much more control in your relationship. The most consequential. Most consequential. Yeah. Yeah, your job and your personal life. Those are the most consequential areas in your life where having high standards will be so impactful. Yeah. Okay, so moving on, it says, what if I told you that how you want to be treated is very much possible. I know the world always tells us to lower our standards and to be realistic. People try to invalidate your real needs and they tell you to settle for someone who can't give you what you want. It's how they try to excuse men's subpar behavior. Instead of a man changing his behavior, apparently we should be the ones who should accept less than exemplary behavior and reward them with our youth and feminine presence. Yeah, this is the lie and the devil's bargain because you'll never be able to acquiesce enough for scrot audacity. Yeah. Just period. The more concessions you give them, the less respect they'll have for you also. Men hate women who have high standards, but they desire them at the same time. Women who have lower standards, they might use you for sex or whatever, but they don't respect you, right? So why would you do that? Like, Don't fall for the like, oh, I love you. I respect you. Lip service. They'll treat you like they don't respect you, right? They'll be disrespectful of your time. They'll talk. Sometimes they'll talk a good game, but then when you look at the actual behavior, it doesn't back it up because they actually don't treat you with respect because you haven't set those boundaries appropriately. In fact, it's actually pretty pretty safe to just ignore anything that a man says and only pay attention to his actual behavior because that's where the truth lies. Right. And I think now more than ever with women having the ability to really go out and if you want to live independently of men, you don't have to make as many concessions. And I think they're just hoping we don't figure that shit out. Right. I think the only thing that's going to be tougher is if you're trying to date a guy who makes more money than you. Like if you're trying to basically love up through other men, through your marriage or your finances. But again, if you want to put yourself in this type of circle where men who have money and you want leverage in that environment, then you want to always put yourself in the position to take care of yourself and have proper boundaries that if you're in a bad situation, you can get out of that, which means like as much as possible, have your own money boundaries in place, have your standards in place and seek out that environment that you can have it in. And don't be afraid to demand it quite frankly. Yeah. So as an empowered woman, you have to own up to your desires. Never accept something that doesn't align with what you truly desire. Love yourself enough to honor your desires. When you accept nothing less than what you want, it allows you to cut through the bullshit. You don't have to think, oh, is him doing X acceptable? Should I be okay with this? What should I do to make him change his mind? Yeah, don't be a fucking feature on Am I the Asshole? Have you ever noticed that on the subreddit, Am I the Asshole? It's always the man being like, hey, um, yeah, I like took a shit in my wife's bed and called her a stupid bitch for not wanting it. Am I the asshole? Like him is being an obvious asshole and hers is like, I asked my husband to stop shitting in my bed and I asked him to stop verbally abusing me and he called me a cunt. Am I the asshole? Like, you know, don't be like, is him doing this unacceptable thing acceptable? Should I be okay with it? What should I do to make him change his mind? Like too many women try to justify bad male behavior instead of just cutting him off. Yeah. When you honor your standards, you instead communicate to a man, frankly, what kind of behavior or quality you expect from a man. Examples from my personal life. If a man wants to take me to a restaurant that I don't find date appropriate, I tell him frankly that I'm accustomed to nicer places. He can either find a restaurant that would please me or he can find another date. Yeah, facts. And any guy that tries to shame you about that. He's crazy. He's low value. He's low value. Immediately low value. This is one of those like immediate deal breakers. If he tries to lowball you, then he's either really broke or he's trying to neg you down. Right. 
Yeah. Another example. I meet a man in a group setting. We go out and are affectionate with each other. But when we meet again in a group setting, he doesn't act like how he'd act when we were on a date. I ignore him at the end of the night. And when he asks me what's wrong, I tell him that I prefer guys who treat me in public, like how they treat me privately when we go out on dates. I didn't say it in a needy way. I just tell him what my expectations are. And it's up to him to step up and change if he wants to keep me. Recently, I've learned how valuable honesty is. The more honest you are about your real desires and your standards, the more men will respect you and treat you like girlfriend material. I've done the two examples I've provided recently with a man and the man in question did find a nicer restaurant and he did change his behavior and was so regretful that he treated me that way. He said that he didn't mean to do that and was just respectful of my space and that it was the last time he'll mess up like that again. I've made it clear to him how I expect to be treated and he changed his behavior because he wants to keep me. Since then, he has shown me in a group setting that we're an an item and he has also asked for my exclusivity. That's how you know a man values you. Yeah, so this is a paragraph I remember got ripped up from Jezebel, Tracy Clark Flory, because she was saying like, oh, these girls are trying to change a man. And I feel like that was such a fundamental misreading of what this paragraph was. Like the point isn't to have standards because you think you're going to manipulate men into doing things. The point is to have standards to communicate what you want, how you expect to be treated. And if he steps up, then he steps up. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Right. Well, yeah, because Tracy Clark Flory is the type of girl to be like, yes, I'd love to go to a dive bar. Yes, I'd love to let you come on my face on the first date. Yeah, she's a clown. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'd love to give you a blowjob in the car on the way to the first date to prove that I'm worth you paying for a date for me kind of shit. Right. Like these are just reasonable boundaries and communicating your boundaries. But for whatever reason, like she read into this as manipulation or that we're trying to change men. Like I thought it was like an odd interpretation. And I guess I can see that coming for someone who notoriously has poor boundaries and poor sense when it comes to men. Why they would feel personally attacked. (laughs) Why they would feel personally attacked by this. Because I'm like, this is just you saying, I like this. I don't like this, et cetera. Right. When we talk about communication and how you need to communicate to your partner, this is a example of that, right? (laughs) Like this is a perfect example of you communicating a boundary. Yeah. I find it so weird how lib femmes will be like, well, have you communicated with him whenever a man is being like shitty or abusive? But when we talk about things like, I like when men take me to nicer restaurants, or I like when men talk about, you know, how we're an item, you know, in public or something like that. When we communicate with them, they say, this is manipulation. This is unacceptable. Like, and you're trying to change a man or you're changing yourself to get a man or whatever. (laughs) I don't know. It's asking him to adjust his behavior in a way that's more accommodating to you. And a person who is into you, especially a man, will respect that, right? This is not even asking for something physical or something that he has to acquire. This is just a standard of behavior when it comes to how you expect to be treated. Like, that's so important for women to understand and communicate. The thing with lip femmes is they think it's unreasonable for women to want to be treated well. Like, they actually seem to think that women should want to be treated badly. Or that, like, women who want to be treated well are, like, unreasonable or crazy or whatever. And that anything that we do to try to be treated well is unacceptable. And that's why we should ignore them. Let me break this down based on the boundaries versus standards discussion. So the boundary that she's setting is that for her to feel emotionally secure in herself, as well as the relationship, she one likes to go to places that she feels are reflective of how she likes to treat herself. Right. And also wants a man to acknowledge her emotionally and the way that she appreciates and makes her feel validated. Right. That's the boundary that a woman wants. The standard is what she communicates to the man that he has to do to make her feel that way. Right. Yeah. 
So that to me is a perfect example of relationship communication that for whatever reason, people who don't get FDS seem to look at it as like, she's manipulating him to give her nice things. And I'm like, not really. Like It's like manipulation to me is like not communicating your standards and boundaries and wants and then trying to cool girl your way into getting your relationship, right? Like that's way more manipulative than this. Yeah, that's actually so true. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to like have sex with him until he decides to have a relationship with me. Or, you know, that seems more manipulative on both parties, actually, for both the man and the woman than just saying, these are the things that I like in a relationship. And if you want to provide those things for me, you can. And if you don't want to, bye. Exactly. Like, that's entirely reasonable. When a man has found his dream girl, he will ditch his old ways and become the man that she expects to have. If he's high value. Let's be clear about that. Yeah, yeah, That's the caveat. Like, a lot of low value men will just bitch and try to nag her and drag her down once he finds his dream girl. And if he's old ways, we don't mean, like, being a shit person. We mean, like, if he was doing something that wasn't up to your standards. Yeah. Like, if he's a bad character person, like, even if he founds his dream girl, he can't maintain that shit. Like, if he's just, like, has kind of... Bad habits, like, I don't know, taking women on drink dates. Yeah, little things like that. Like, if that's a person that he values... Like, we always look at it like the Bella Hadid rule. How would this man act if he had the opportunity to go on a date with Bella Hadid, right? If he's a shitty lying piece of shit, he's still going to be a shitty lying piece of shit to Bella Hadid, right? Because he's going to feel even more insecure or try to manipulate her and do that kind of stuff. But when it comes to how he treats her on the date, it's probably going to be better because he's going to want to extend that to someone he perceives as high value. Then, like, you shouldn't accept the low ball because if a guy is going to treat you well, then he would not subject you to low value behavior or something that would be less than how he would treat a girl that he expects to spend extended amount of times with or considers to be his dream girl. Yeah. And in terms of like ditches old ways, yeah, we're talking about like low effort type of stuff, like not like fundamental like character flaws. A woman being a, a man's dream girl, I find actually, I found in my personal experience at least, there have been a few guys who are like, oh, like you're like my dream girl because you have the same hobbies as me or something like that. And if the man is shitty or low value, he'll actually be like kind of psycho and try to like manipulate me or neg me or engage in like stalking behavior, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like that's just his fundamental personality. Like if he's low value, those shitty qualities will probably actually escalate. If he's a high value man, he will be like, yeah, I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to do this. Like, you know, all of those sorts of things that are maybe not necessarily fundamental character flaw, but just like a bad habit. He'll stop doing those things if he cares about you. I actually had an ex-boyfriend once quit smoking. Uh, because I told him that I don't date smokers and I thought that was really cute. But anyways, like that's an example of like a guy who's not a piece of shit will change to meet your standards if he really likes you. Here's the thing. A lot of guys are like, oh, well, if you're not Bella Hadid, then you're not entitled to ask for these sorts of things. Well, here's the thing. I don't... Yeah, that's bullshit. I don't want to date a man where I'm not his dream girl, right? I don't want to be a placeholder. So if a guy's not that into me, I don't want to date him anyways, right? So that's the other thing. Yeah. So the woman who becomes a man's dream girl is a woman that has standards. All of the strategies we've talked about and will talk about in the future, the core of it is having standards and loving yourself enough to not accept any less. If you do this, your actions will subconsciously affect how a man perceives you and things are more likely to go your way. So ladies, don't waver. Keep your frame. He can either take it or leave it. The right man will find you when you put the time and effort in to be a high quality woman. When you say no to things that are less than what you truly want, you make space in your life to welcome the things that you truly do want. So don't block your blessings. Yeah, like this line alone actually like low-key kind of changed my life, to be honest, because (laughs) I read this like 
two years ago, I think. And the idea of like saying no to things that you don't want to make space in your life for the things that you do want. I applied that not just to my relationships, but to my work. Like I think at the time I like I'd quit a job that I hated and was like, ah, fuck this job. Like I'm going to get a better job kind of thing. You know, I let go of friends that were toxic and started making new friends that were better. You know, I feel like too many women have become accustomed to the idea that there's virtue in suffering and that if things aren't great, you know, well, you know, you can just endure it or put up with it and, you know, it's not going to get any better. So you may as well just stick with your shitty life. It doesn't have to be like that, right? Things can be better, right? Yeah. Like (laughs) a better life is possible is what I want women to know, right? And the purpose of having high standards is to have a better life, basically. Yeah. I mean, it takes courage. It takes trial and error, but it also is so worth it, right? And mental fortitude. Mental fortitude, <laughs> right. And being able to curate your experiences in a way that's pleasurable to you. Like like Lilith said, it seems so simple, but revolutionary that as women, we don't have to suffer in our relationships as much as we do. And I distinctly remember a TikTok that went viral that said, something to that effect that it was a marriage counselor. And she says that so often when she has couples come in, she realized the crux of the problem is the woman is communicating to a man that there are problems in the relationship. And he's sort of like, well, she's always saying those things. And he's very dismissive because the default mode is a lot of men just think like women being unhappy and suffering in the relationships is normal. Right. And it's really reinforced through popular culture. Like, oh, what women are always unhappy. Wives are always nagging, et cetera. Oh, always taking zannies, like the, you know, the whole pill popping sad housewife thing, right? Yeah. Like that you need to like take drugs just to like survive your shitty life. You don't have to do that. No, we don't have to. It takes recognizing, you know, raising a level of consciousness within yourself. And then by extension, the collective, the group of women, which is where I think FDS comes in, where we start to realize like what things are actually making us uncomfortable that we can demand change for. And that's both in our personal lives and our professional lives. But especially when it comes to dating men, so much of like the self-help, the stuff that comes from the media, the stuff that comes from dating advice is about how you should change yourself and contort yourself to fit yourself into a mold that was what men like, but a mold that was never meant to make you happy. And furthermore, even the empowerment that's sold to us is ideological and not always practical. And it was never meant to make you happy, right? It's like the marriage for a very long time is an institution to build families and to build businesses and to build like an economic unit. But we've done episodes on this before. To make women breed, basically. To make women breed and like ensure paternity for men, ensure paternity for men. But it was never an institution that was like supposed to make women happy was political. It was all these other things and women's happiness in their marriage was often secondary, if not like at the bottom or like the last priority. Yeah. The last priority, like considering, you know, everything else that goes into it, like maybe you're getting married for political reasons, et cetera. So like, this is us truly taking back our power and not feeling like we have to constantly compromise on the things that are going to make us less happy. And that with the economic power, with the influence that we're able to have over me, we can finally really change those things in a fundamental way. And it's sad that like the opportunity I think was wasted by the lib femme people (laughs) who just like fell into a bunch of like gimmicks and stupidity about like, I could do everything just like the men, like knowing that wasn't necessarily going to make them happy, but it was just like a reaction against what they felt was conservative. A lot of men do things that don't even make them happy, right? Like doing, I can do this just as much as a man kind of thing. Well, why would you do that if it's not even making them happy? You think it's going to make you happy? They were missing the strategy portion. It was all ideological. Yeah, exactly. And also a lot of them just decided to live a lifestyle and like they were lying to themselves the whole time. And then, you know, obviously the mainstream media loves to platform train wrecks and then give them a platform that they're... uh, That they're like a menace to society. (laughs) 
The train wreck women? No, no. Pretend like they're experts, right? Like, because we talk about this all the time, how a lot of these sexpert people are actually Looney Tunes in real life. Like, you just, they're actually crazy. But Vogue will give them a platform. Vice will give them a platform. Anybody in Kanye Nets, because they get clicks, they say outrageous things, and then they'll give you advice that is 100% going to put you in a really bad spot. And it's like, you know that internally, but it's like, you want to trust the experts, but not realizing the experts are not there to make you happy. They're there to make clicks. Themselves money. They're to make themselves money, clickbait, and they're there to reinforce narrative set by men. Yeah. Because of these media being owned by men. So I want to talk about the comment. Like before we wrap up real quick, I just wanted to talk about some of the comments actually, because it's some of these comments illustrate exactly what we're talking about here, right? So one of the comments says, I'm getting too old to keep my standards. Minnesota has the worst dating climate as well. So two things. One, again, like a lot of women have internalized this idea that if you're older or maybe if you're like an overweight or you're not pretty enough or, you know, whatever standards that men have set, if you don't meet men's standards that you then have to lower your standards. And that's not true. With FDS, we say it is better to be single than to be with a low value man. First of all, you should still have high standards. But if you feel like the men that you're interested in wouldn't be interested in you, then it's just better to stay single, honestly. Like, you know, get some friends. And then one of the comments here is, I agree with completely. It says, stay single, focus on friends. Numbers show that women think they need to find a partner so they don't die alone, but we usually outlive men and end up dying alone anyways. Yes! (laughs) And that is so true. If you're a woman and you're getting older and you can't find a man that meets your standards, it's better to just stay single because first of all, like a lot of these guys are just looking for a nurse and a purse. And do you really want to be living your golden years, like taking care and wiping the ass of some shitty old man who treats you like shit? Like, you know, or do you want to golden girls it? Right. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> so. And then also remember, every time you get into a relationship, you could be blocking your other blessings, right? That's the problem with the just settle people. It's an opportunity cost. It's, oh, the opportunity cost is huge. And I wish someone had explained this to me when I was younger, especially about like, we just did that episode on the ultimatum. We're talking about how everyone should basically just break up, especially since they're under 25. It's like they're spending so much time investing these relationships that are clearly going nowhere and costing yourself a lot of happiness and causing yourself a lot of stress. When it comes to relationships, if you don't have kids, you don't have a mortgage or anything that like might keep you or anything that might keep you like tied to each other because of legal or financial restrictions, like absolutely don't spend any time suffering. Like you have no reason to, right? Like the only time you see, like you would even be like, oh, maybe you should start to work it out is if you have like outside pressure that like literally might, you know, might force you or you have to make more difficult decisions. Like, well, okay, I could leave, but then I might not be able to afford to put my kids in school. And those are like the difficult life decisions you may have to make when you're older. But I think if you get in the habit of just cutting bullshit off when you see it when you're younger, then you'll never end up in that latter scenario because you'll learn how to vet men more appropriately so that like when you do get married and you do have children, you won't feel stuck and trapped, right? Yeah. Or you won't be stuck and trapped because you've done the work ahead of time. And the other point I wanted to make is that the importance of having high standards, you get the most bang for your buck in the early phases of dating. I do want to acknowledge that like the whole leave at the first sign of disrespect is a lot more difficult when you are married and have kids and have a house together and so on. Like the reason why we have high standards at the beginning of the relationship is to prevent yourself from suffering the consequences of being with a low value man in the future. And this is why like to bring it back to the beginning of the episode where I talk about anatomy of a scandal. One of the things I'm going to talk about is how the wife, the conservative trad wife in this story, she overlooked a lot of red flags 
early in her relationship with her husband so that should she could be a cool girl and you know defend him and stuff and then later on you know years down the line he does something really really fucked up and she's stuck in the situation where she has to defend him and it's like well says if you'd paid attention to the red flags and had high standards early in the relationship you wouldn't be suffering this right now you would have prevented this whole thing right and so you know, a lot of women are, think that like, oh, if I really, you know, show my loyalty or if I lower my standards or show I'm a cool girl or show I'm not materialistic or not demanding earlier in the relationship, they think that they're going to be rewarded for that in the future when the opposite is usually true. When you lower your standards, when you show men that you're willing to put up with their bullshit, they will only increase the bullshit. Okay. It's only going to get worse. It's true. That's the hardest thing to understand and accept. Like you like to think that things have a happy ending because you put in work, but relationships just do not work like that, especially in your twenties and thirties. Like it's, it's just straight up a matter of you finding a person, like you figuring yourself out and what you need to be happy, like the caretaking and feeding of you and then absolutely cutting off ruthlessly anybody who cannot add to that journey. It is so important because if you let guys drag you down, you'll find yourself in a series of broken relationships and you'll be emotionally scarred from them. And even if you're not like in them for a long time, just the like energy it takes to keep engaging with men who treat you like shit will wear down your resolve. And that's what they want, right? They want you to settle. They want you to feel like shit. And also you end up cheating yourself because you start to devalue yourself in your own mind because you might internalize some of the ways that they're doing. But the point is to never internalize that shit early and keep cutting them off. Just never feel bad about it. Yeah, like it is so much easier to walk away in the early phases of dating. And it's much, much harder to do that after you are super invested in them, right? And again, like in the story of Anatomy of a Scandal, the trad wife, she's like, oh, we've been married for 12 years. We have two kids. We have a house. We have, you know, a whole, I'm like a political wife and so on. Like the costs of leaving at that point is so much higher versus like if she'd left, you know, when she saw the red flags at the beginning, the cost would have been much, much lower. She could have had a completely different, completely better life, right? And so that's what I want women to know is that like, Having high standards, it's not about being manipulative or being a gold digger. It's about saving yourself from suffering later on in life. Yeah. It's part of loving yourself. I, like people talk about loving yourself. There's so much lip surface about loving yourself and valuing yourself. This is what it looks like. This is self-care. Literally. This is self-care. And I'm sorry the liberal feminists who criticize FDS don't get that. And I feel sorry for them because they're going to suffer their whole fucking life because they don't get it. Yeah. No, they think self-care is taking a bubble bath and like buying shit, right? Spreading lotion on yourself because your husband's cheating on you with gay escorts. Remember that guy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Check our Patreon. <laughs> or it could be like on our Patreon episode where that woman was advised by Stoya to moisturize in response to her husband cheating on her with men. Yeah. You don't want to be like, <laughs> that's liberal feminist version of self-care. They think it's like buying products and living in some kind of like cognitive dissonance where you're constantly being disrespected and treated like shit, but you rationalize it. Yeah. They, they think self-care is when you go like, oh yeah, it's totally fine that my husband treats me badly. Um, I'm just going to like buy some things and that will like sort of, it's like the opiate of the masses is buying shit. They live in the, yeah, they, they buy stuff <laughs> and they live in the moment and don't put anything together. Right. Yeah. Don't live in the moment. Think about the future. Right. And conservative women do this too. Engage critical thinking. Tricon do women do this too. And as a person who grew up in the church, I saw this as well. It's like, well, submission is something a woman should give to her husband. I'm like, your husband ain't shit though. Right. 
right? Like, Justin's fucking dumb. Why would you listen to him? Like, yeah. But, or he's like, you know, abusive or something bad, but like, you know, they, they supplement it with prayer. Like, you know what I mean? Or being a Karen. <laughs> like doing other things where they can try to take back their power, but not fixing the thing. And this is the thing. And this is the choices you need to make early on so you're not suffering later on. So yeah, hard choices to make your life easier down the line. And it's actually not that hard. Once you embody FDS, like your life just feels... Because you understand the game, right? If you don't understand the game, then you're just confused and you're wondering why you're being treated poorly. But once you understand, it gives you power to curate the things you want. And now more than ever, because the internet and online dating, like you have so many more options than even our parents had. So it's like, you can do it, right? Like, it's like, this is an opportunity. Yeah, what you said there actually kind of reminded me of like my early days in FDS when I was transitioning sort of between the lib femme. Like if a man showed a red flag, I'd be like, is this a red flag? Well, he has all these other qualities that I like. So maybe those other qualities balance out the red flag and that makes it okay or whatever. And then in the past, you know, few months, there have been times where a guy like hits on me or, you know, does something. I just reject them like without even thinking about it. It's like automatic. Just the way, like you said earlier, the way the word no just flies out of my mouth flies out of your mouth like like a fucking <laughs> boomerang right just like <laughs> like a fucking missile just like hell no yeah right um it takes practice but you will get there eventually and your life will be immeasurably better trust me yeah all right Thanks for listening, Queen. So hope you enjoyed this episode. More strategy content will be coming on the blog and in our newsletter and on our website. So check it out on the femaledatingstrategy.com as well as our Patreon where we have bonus content every week, patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. And we will be debuting the war room. So if you want to talk to us about your problems and have all of the strategists chime in and figure out how we're going to solve your life, then sign up for our Patreon queen shit tier. Follow us on Twitter at fundatstrat. Follow us on Instagram at underscore the female dating strategy. Thanks for listening, queens, and for all you scrotes out there.